Um, and, and so we're going into a, a four-week uh, series that's titled uh, The Gospel Truth. And the whole thrust of, of the series is uh, we're all on a quest. Every person, I believe, alive is on a quest for truth. We should be. We don't want to live a life that's deceitful or that we're being tricked uh, with things that are, that are false. Amen? In fact, falsity does a lot of damage to us. And, and so uh, uh, as the further we get away from, from uh, the resurrection, uh, the more questions there are. The, the further we get away from the life of Jesus 2,000 plus years ago, the more that people question uh, the validity of what we come together to, to do. We're not a social club. So if you're here this morning and you think, man, th- these people are very social. Yeah, we're social, but we're here for, because of one reason. Jesus Christ is alive and well. And, and when you understand that and you grab a hold of that and you believe that, uh, then uh, it's either true or it's not true. Uh, and there's a lot of proof that Jesus Christ was not only historical, but that he rose from the dead. And so I want us to really hone into that or really uh, uh, dive into this reality. Last year, if you remember, the, the focus for the year was mental health. And I think it helped a lot of people. In fact, I know it did. And this year, uh, we're moving into the whole year being centered on truth because I want to be a truth-based congregation. I want you to be assured that, that you are a child of God. And so we meet on Sundays, right? We come together on Sundays. And, uh, and you listen to me preach sometimes 45, 50 minutes. That's not enough. You need to have truth every day. Amen? And so we also have small groups. So this is also going to uh, uh, correspond with a four-week small group campaign where I would uh, really encourage everyone to either start a small group, be a part of a small group, and bring someone to a small group. Because there may be someone in your life that they're saying, I don't know about this Christianity thing. And you can invite them just to invest four weeks into the validity of if Jesus is true or not true. Amen? And we'll leave the rest to God. Because the Bible says that, let, let, you know, all men and women are found to be liars, but let God be found to be true. And we find that in, in the reality of who, of who Christ is. Now, um, right before uh, Jesus went to the cross, he met with this guy named Pontius Pilate. He was, on, he was on trial. And they had this amazing dialogue. And we find it in, in the, the Gospel of John. We just came out of John's Gospel um, and and, and what, what transpires in this, in this conversation as the, 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 the religious leaders had turned the people against Jesus and Pontius Pilate was caught in the middle. And we saw last week that Pontius Pilate was in a very hard place, very difficult place, uh, because he succumbed himself to the pressures of people. And that's important for us because we're, we're living in a world, in a, in a modern time right now, where there's a lot of pressure, a lot of voices coming from the outside. And what they're saying things that go completely against or contradict what it says in here. And you're either going to succumb to that and, 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 and uh, submit to the voices in the world, or you're going to submit to the voice of God 
and it doesn't matter what persecution you will face, you believe God's voice more than the voices of the, of the world. You with me? So, so this dialogue that, that, that Pilate uh, and Jesus had uh, is found in John 18, verse 37 and 38. And Pilate said to Jesus, he says, so you are a king. Because they were saying, you know, the king of the Jews. He's saying he's the king of the Jews. Uh, and Jesus said, said back to him, you say, you say I am a king. Actually, I was born and came into the world to testify, to testify to the truth. All who love the truth recognize that what I say is true. And this is a profound conversation. And it's vital for human history. All of human history. Jesus Christ came to this world to testify to the truth. And all who love truth recognize Jesus' words as truth. And then they, or, or, or if you are a part of this, we base our lives on him. He becomes our foundation. And we recognize that truth is not found, it's not found in a location a philosophy, or even religion, it's found, truth is found in a person. His name is Jesus. Christ is his title. That's not his last name. Christ is the Messiah, the anointed one, the one who would be the savior of the world. And you're either going to reject this claim that Jesus is the foundation of truth and God will give you permission to do so because God does not force us to follow him. This is not a forced religion. It's a welcoming relationship that we welcome God into our lives. We welcome Christ Jesus into our life. So you can reject this claim and you can build your life around something else or you're going to accept or receive this claim and again you will build your life around this. And this is important because where we're going in, in modern times, you will face immense persecution, and possibly prosecution for standing in the truth. We don't know what's coming, but we can see the writing on the wall. And whatever you face, whatever you decision you make, whatever, whether you reject the claims of Jesus or you accept the claims of Jesus, whatever you come to conclusion with is going to shape your life. There was this uh, cold case detective. Uh, his name is uh, J. Warner Wallace. Very intellectual guy. He became a, 
a Christian apologist. An apologist is not someone that apologizes for the Christian faith. It is someone that defends the Christian faith. We have apologists in this congregation. You've, you've been called by God to stand firm in the gospel of Jesus even when everything around you contradicts it. I'm going to recognize someone that is, is, has that gifting, and her name is Ruth West. And, and Ruth West uh, 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 is a person that has, is sold out to the, the truth of the gospel. And we're very blessed to have her. In fact, uh, she may be bringing one of the messages in, uh, in this series because she's, she's trained herself for that. But, but J. Warner Wallace, he put it like this. He said, I'm a Christian because it's true. I'm a Christian because I want to live in a way that reflects the truth. I'm a Christian because, I, uh, because of my high regard for the truth leaves me no other alternative. And I believe that this conviction is a conviction that every true child of God will hold. We're following Jesus because we believe that truth is found in him and only him. And so everything else is shaped by the truth of Jesus Christ. Are you with me? Not, not shaping my Christianity by everything else, but everything else is shaped by the way that I view Jesus as being the truth and the way and the life. From his truth, we can discern and distinguish all we need to know about life and life choices. And let me say something to you. If, if this is not true, we are wasting our time. But if it is true, this is the greatest investment that you'll ever make on this side of heaven. And we should continually be, be digging in for truth, digging in for truth, which is found where? It's found right here, right? In, in fact, we're going to do, the, the series is going to revolve around a chapter in 1 Corinthians. It's chapter 15, and Paul emphatically defends the resurrection, because even in the church, they were, they were teaching things that were contrary to what, what was true. And so Paul hits it right away that the resurrection is the most, it's the central most important event in human history. Without the, without the resurrection, Christianity falls. Anyone can die for your sins and anyone can be a martyr. I mean, people in the front row, you could say, you know what, I'm going to die for you. I'm going I'm to do this for you. But can I tell you something? That means nothing. What means everything is, are you going to rise from the dead? That shows that you got, you're, with, you're with God, you, you are God, that God is moving in that, in that, uh, in that uh, certainty. And, and, and in chapter 15, Paul says, he says these words, and we're going to look at it uh, next week. He says, this is the most important thing. I gave to you what was of first importance. In fact, this, this first six verses or, or seven verses, that was the first creed in the church. They would recite this over and over and over and over. And that's important. 
So we're going to start in verse 1. Chapter 15, verse 1. We're going to look at the first two verses today. And then we'll go from there uh, into, the, into next week. Verse 1 says, Let me now remind you, dear brothers and sisters, of the good news I preached to you before. The good news is the gospel. Okay, the, the gospel means good news. So you can replace that with gospel or you can say good news. You welcomed it then and you, st- and you still stand firm in it. So they're standing firm in what? Help me out. They're standing firm in what? In the, in, in the gospel, in the good news. We're going to find out what the gospel is in a moment. It is this good news that saves you if you continue to believe the message I told you, unless, of course, you believe something that was never true in the first place. So he, he, he puts a, a lot of validity on the, on the word that he preached. Because Paul taught that that was truth. And that's what we're going to be looking at today, the word of truth. If, if you knew that this message, this, this, this book right here was true, if you believed it was true, wouldn't you look to it for every answer or every question you have to get the answer? That's what Paul's trying to tell us, okay? And so I've got three takeaways that I want for you to, to, to process this week. And the first thing about the word of truth is that it is receivable, It's worthy to be received. How many of you welcome good things in your life? You welcome good news. In fact, there's a phrase, and and we use it uh, many times, and, and, and you'll say something like, well, that's welcoming news. I like that. I, I, I will receive that. Because what we find is that there are things in life that are worth receiving, and then there are some things in our life that we should reject. Are you with me? There are are things in life that we should welcome, and there there are things in life that we should probably close the door on. And what some of our peers and some of our children and grandchildren are being taught right now, they need to shut the door on that. And if, if, if this is true, and I wholeheartedly believe that this is 100% truth, then we should welcome it. it. It doesn't change. The Word of God doesn't change. People's opinions change constantly. People's ideas change constantly, but the Word of God does not change. And I don't know about you, but when, when I receive something worthy, I hold on to it. I've been married for, for going on 36 years, and I think that the, 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 the person that I'm married to is worthy of holding on to. Through the good, through the bad, not her, but through the ugly. I'm pretty smart, huh? Ugly, but smart. And so, so there, are, there are things that are, that are 
they're worthy for us to hold on to. The, the gospel of Jesus Christ is worth receiving and is also worth holding on to. This is what Paul wrote to the Corinthians. Let's, let's dissect it. Let me remind you, dear brothers and sisters, the good news that I preached to you before. You welcomed it then, and you still stand firm in it. You welcomed it before, and you still hold on to it. Are you with me? How many of you have walked with the Lord for a year? Anyone in here, you walked with the Lord for a year? Thank God. Because that's 365 days you've held on. How many of you have walked with the Lord for 10 years? Anyone here? Just, you've walked with Jesus for 10. That's awesome. Because you welcomed it, and 10 years later, you're still holding on to it. How many of you walked with the Lord for 20 years? Gorgeous, beautiful. You welcomed the good news, and you still stand firm. You still hold on to it. I'm going to ask a big question now. How many of you have walked with the Lord for 30 years or more? Wow. You, you, you welcome the good news, and then you, you've, you've stood firm in it. Now, whether you do it for one day or 30-plus years, you're saved. Amen? And, and, and when, you, when, you, when you have something good, you don't let go of it. And so what I've come to find out is you're either going to receive it or not. And in my, in my early ministry, I used to get so uh, frustrated because I was like, I, I thought that somehow I had something to do with people receiving the good news. No, no, I, I just, I, I came to the conclusion, I just share the good news. And it's up to you to receive it. I used to beat myself up. What am I doing that people are not... That uh, they're not, you know, committing themselves to God, or what, in my perception, because first of all, I don't know who who commits himself to the Lord. It's between you and God, Amen. And so I was, I put all this pressure on me, but the pressure is not on me. The pressure on me is for me to share the gospel, and then it's it's between you and God to see if you're going to receive it. And if you receive it, it's it's the greatest thing you've ever done. And if you reject it, that's between you and God. You have to live your life with that, with that rejection, and your life is going to determine it. Your life says whether you believe God or you don't believe God. If you live your life without God, you're going to live your life like someone that doesn't believe that there's a God. You believe you're your own God, or you, you know, you're, in, you're in control of your own destiny. Well, that's not true, because the day that you come to you know, the, the, breathing your last breath, you find out you're not in control. Amen? And so all of these factors, but, but we have all of these, these things that, that, we, that we determine throughout life. And, and, and I, I put a lot of, um, this is what I've come to conclude, that I put a lot of, um, I look at you with, with, with a lot of optimism, every person that, that I'm talking to. And if you're online, I don't see you, but I'm speaking to you right now. And I, I believe the best for you. In other words, I believe that there's a, there's a, there's a greater purpose for your life because you were created in the image of God. But you'll never find that, that, that special purpose that you have until you have Jesus Christ in your life. Are you with me? And, and so the Apostle Paul, that's, that's exactly what he's, what he's unpacking right here. And um, so receiving something is vital. It, the NASB puts that same verse like this. It says, now I make known to you the gospel which I preach to you, which also you received. 
And what Paul is saying to the Corinthians is, you didn't get this good news from anybody else. You got it from me. This is important. Paul saying this to the Corinthians. And Paul says, and I got it straight from Jesus. To, to the Galatians, Paul put it like this, verse 11 and 12. He says, dear brothers and sisters, I want you to understand that the gospel message I preach is not based on mere human reasoning. I received my message from no human source and no one taught me. Instead, I received it by direct revelation from Jesus Christ. Now, now, what I find as most important here in this passage is Paul and the apostles never deviated from this message. The reason for that is because if they were to deviate from the, from the message, it would be their message, not God's message. And so anyone that is standing behind this pulpit, anyone that is preaching the good news of Jesus Christ, we have the message. We don't have to put it in our own words. We've got to preach his word. That's what Paul is telling them. He's telling them, you need to understand that the message that I preached to you, I preached it to you. I did. But this message that I'm preaching to you is not my message. I received it from him who is the way the truth, and the life. Paul was adamant for followers of Jesus to stay planted on the gospel which he preached to, to the church in Thessalonica. The, the book, the, the letter of, Thessalonians, of the Thessalonians, Paul wrote this. Therefore, we never stop thanking God that when you received his message from us, that's important right there. It's not our message, but it's his message. You received it from us. You didn't think of our words as mere human ideas. You accepted what we said as the very word of God, which of course it is. And this word continues to work in you who believe. So it teaches us that truth has to be received, it has to be welcomed, and the reason it should be received is because it is reliable. If this is God's word, it's reliable. It's more reliable than your best friend's words. It's more reliable than your, your, your best sibling's words. It's more reliable than your parents' words. It's more reliable than any other message that you will ever find because it is the word of God. And God doesn't lie. And so if you base your life on the word of truth, you know it comes from a reliable Source. I have put my dependency on the Word of God. So much that before I ever became a minister, I knew that I needed to hear this every day. When we read, you don't have to just read, you can hear. You can ponder. You can process. Amen? 
You, you can hear the voice of God in the pages of Scripture. And so your, your, your second takeaway is that it's dependable. It's, it's dependable, the word of truth. Paul said, it is this good news. It's this gospel that saves you. So, so everyone that God baptized, it's the gospel that saves you. It's what Jesus did for you that saves you. If you continue to believe the message that I told you, notice that Paul doesn't say the good news saves you if you continue to behave. Because if you behave, it's dependent on you. But if you believe that he paid it all, it's dependent on him. And when he went to the cross, Jesus says, it is finished. That he did everything that humans cannot do. And it's because of what he's done that we're saved. And the way that you're saved is believing that he is your answer. That he is the one. He is the one that came and paid the ultimate penalty for you. He ransomed you and me. He paid the price that we owe. Now in verse, uh, in verse 3, we're not, we're not there yet, but I, I want, we're going to deal with it in greater detail. But I want to bring it just for us to look at that. He says this, Paul said, Christ died for our sins according to the, to the scriptures. So what Jesus is, is, is doing is he's fulfilling the scriptures. And by him doing that, it tells us that these are reliable. That the word of God is dependable. And, and, and Paul points every believer to the scriptures. Notice that the scriptures solidify the message of God to people. Now at this time, at, at, when Paul was writing, the New Testament was not put together. But they did have God's word in the Old Testament and he pointed to the Old Testament. This, this was done to fulfill what was spoken in the scriptures. In the prophets, in the book of Isaiah, in the book of Jeremiah. Later, in the, in, 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 when, the, when, when the, the church was founded, the words of Joel came into, into play. Where it says that the, 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 the Lord would pour out his spirit upon all flesh. And men and women would, would, would prophesy and they would see visions and dreams. There was a greater revelation that was coming through, through, through and in the New Testament. And the greater revelation is this, beloved, that our salvation is based on Jesus and Jesus alone. And this is important. So the people that we baptize, we don't baptize them into Living Word Chapel or anything to do with Living Word Chapel. You're not baptized into a church. You're baptized into Christ. And you become a part of the universal body of Christ. Along with every other follower of Christ. It's not... Your salvation is not based on your merit because when, once it's based on what you do, it ceases to be good news. Amen? 
And that's another way that you see error. When you, when you go and you start hearing legalism, that you got to do this, you got to do this, is Jesus plus this or that. That's not the gospel. It's Jesus plus nothing is everything. And it's a grace of God that works in us to change our lives. And, and so the, I don't know about you guys, but, you know, I'm reading through the Bible right now. And, and I got to first and second Kings. And, and if you ever read first and second Kings, first and second Chronicles, it says this a lot. It says, and, and, and they did what was evil in the sight of God. Can I tell you something? That without Jesus, that could be said about James Reese. Because <laughs> we all fall short of the glory of God. I love grace. I, I need the grace of Christ in my life. I need the empowerment of the Holy Spirit for my walk. So Isaac and Zach, you, you don't depend on yourself. Depend on the Holy Spirit. Don't leave grace because grace will never leave you. In, in, in our best efforts, in, in, in my best efforts, we fall short of the glory of God. The gospel is dependable because it's not based on our performance or our merit. That's what every other major religion is based on. It's what you can do for God. Christianity is what God has done for man. He paid it. He did it. And we walk in that you understand that there is no good in us outside of God. In fact, some of you maybe had conversations with someone. They say, well, you know what? I, 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 that, that seems too easy. I believe I've got to do this and I've got to do that. Well, can I tell you, you'll never do enough. You'll never do enough. When is enough enough? Because God is perfect. That's a measuring rule right there. God is perfect. Amen. Stand up in this first service if you're perfect. That's the gospel, beloved. The gospel is though we're, we're imperfect, God loves us so much. Now, this is important. We got truth, but there's always error. And the, the apostles were adamant to protect the, 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 the sheep, the followers. They were adamant to not allow them to get caught up in error. Are you with me? I'm making a decision as one of many pastors in this world that is committed to hold on to truth and to keep all of us from being swayed to error. Here, here's what Paul wrote to the Corinthian church in, in, uh, in the second letter. Not the, not, we're reading the first letter, but look what he says in 2 Corinthians in chapter 11, verse 3 and 4. He says, I fear that somehow your pure and undivided devotion to Christ will be corrupted. So in other words, it could happen. It could happen to any of us. Just as Eve was deceived by the cunning ways of the serpent. So that helps me right there. So it says, it, he's telling them, it can happen that you can be, you can be, uh, your, 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 your devotion can actually, you can 
be mis, mis, misled. And, and the one that will mislead you will be the enemy. Amen? So first service and, and, and online campus, you need to know that there's an enemy. There, there's a spiritual battle going on for our souls. Verse 4, you happily put up with whatever anyone tells you, even if they preach a different Jesus than the one we preach or a different kind of spirit than the one you received or a different kind of gospel than the one that you believed. So what Paul is telling the, the, the Corinthians is that you, Corinthians, are way too open and vulnerable to allow every voice to take a part of your life. What's he telling us? America, America, American Christians, what's he telling us? Be careful with the voices that are coming into your life. Don't believe every voice. In fact, later on it says, Paul says, test every spirit. How are you going to recognize if your pastor is preaching something wrong? Don't follow a pastor because he's charismatic. Don't follow a pastor because, and you don't have to worry about this, because he's good looking. could happen in another church. Don't, don't follow a pastor because he's eloquent. Follow a pastor because he leads you to Jesus and preaches the truth of God's word. And you're not following a pastor, you're following truth. Amen? So, so Paul says the, the, the word of God is dependable. And, and what you believe is what you'll live out. And, it, and if truth permeates your life and fills your heart, your life will be transformed. And the reason for that, and this is important, the reason for that is because truth changes us. And if it's God's truth, he will make us someone we could never be without him. I've been watching this young lady. Um, she's younger than, than most uh, apologists that, 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 I, that I've read and, and see. Her name is Melissa Doherty. She's from, she's from Albuquerque, New Mexico. And if you look her up on YouTube, uh, I, would, I would say that she's someone you should listen to. Another one is Alyssa Childers, uh, another wonderful apologist, and there's many, many more. Um, but... Uh, Melissa Doherty put it like this. She said, Christianity is, is all about Jesus. Our understanding of Jesus determines whether our belief about him is genuine or not. If we radically misunderstand who he is and why he came or what he accomplished for us, we have fallen for a different Jesus and a counterfeit gospel. Now, if you hear her story, Melissa Doherty got saved very young, and then she started to dive into to the things of the Lord, and she had questions. 
and nobody in church could answer those questions. They would just say things like, just believe it because I said. Just believe it because it says this. No, no, this is important because some of us have raised kids. And when you're raising kids, sometimes you say, can I say this? Stupid things like that. Just listen to me because I said it. And that works maybe when they're, when they're, when they're itty-bitty kiddos. And then after a while, they're like, I have a mind. They, they, they start reasoning things out. Now, the church should have the answers. We should always be dissecting. We should be able to ask questions. Amen? And so Melissa Doherty asked questions which church uh, people were not able to answer. And she went into the New Age. Because the New Age says you can become, you can be your own God. And there's answers for that. But the problem when you open up the door to the New Age is you open up the door to demons. And demons are counterfeits. And they'll say everything you want to hear. And, and, and this, this New Age movement is moving into the church. And New Age concepts and new thought concepts are, 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 are coming into the church. In other words, like you can declare, you know, what you're going to be. You can't declare anything. It's God. It's God. You don't declare things into being. God does. You submit yourself to God. And so, so finally, uh, you know, Melissa was at this place, and, and, and she, she, she had a, 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 a people that knock on the door that call themselves to be Christian, but they actually have another, another testament, or they have another word that's completely contrary to what we read. And so in that moment, as she was spending time with them, she got a revelation that she needs to look things up, and she started to research the scriptures, and she started looking into historic Christianity. That's important for us because, can I tell you something, that the apostles built the faith and they passed it on to faithful uh, individuals who then passed it on to faithful individuals and passed it on to faithful individuals. And, can, and that is so important for us to understand, beloved, that our faith is based on reliable, dependable, biblical answers that will stand the, 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 it will stand the test of time and it will stand all of the different counterfeits that will come into your lives. And so Melissa Doherty found the real Jesus. And she found the truth in the scriptures and she began to dig and dig and dig and she renounced all the new age stuff, all the things that she was dabbling in and all the demons that had led her astray, and now she's lives her life protecting the truth. Can I say something to you? I am from that same school of thought. I don't want to deviate from truth. I want for us to be grounded in truth. And if something was to happen to me, I want for you guys to be able to go to this because it points to him. And it points to the Holy Spirit, a promise that is, fills each one of us and leads us because he's the spirit of truth. I believe it with all my heart. And you better, you, you better believe that this is true if you're going to stand the test of time. 
the things that we're facing right now, the things that your kids and your grandkids are facing right now. Because if you don't believe this to be true, you're going to be swayed. All the gender things that, that people talk about, it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty easy. And this makes it a lot easier. And that's just, just, just one of many things. So, so the third takeaway is that the, 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 the word of truth is believable. Our faith is founded on the reliability of Scripture. It is an anchor to our daily victory as believers. And the reason for this is because our attitudes and our minds are constantly changing. Our feelings change all the time. So that's why we have to be anchored on truth of God's word because this never changes. You ever, you ever, um, be careful. I've never had anyone, I'm, I'm doing three weddings uh, in pretty soon. I've never had anyone, uh, as I do premarital counseling, in those premarital counseling sessions, I've never had anyone say, I think I, I don't think I love this person anymore. I've never had that. But once we say I do, on this side of that threshold, I've had people come to me and say, I don't think I love them anymore. I know that you guys have never said anything like that, but second service, they struggle with it. <laughs> why, why am I saying that? Why am I saying that? Because when our hearts and our feelings change, this doesn't. All right, that's, just one, that's just one instance. Now, now here, here's the deal. Here's the deal. Because you, you may be saying, well, Pastor, I've, I've, had, I've had some bad things happen. I've, I've had a failed marriage. I've had, uh, you know, a failed, um, you know, just, just marriage. There's other things where we fail. We fail as people. And can I tell you, there's a lot of grace that comes from the cross of Jesus Christ. So if you're in here and you've, you've had a failure in, in your marriage or if you had a failure in your life, can I tell you that there's enough grace that comes through the cross of Jesus to forgive you and restore you and to put you on a track of, of, of transformation. But let me tell you something. I would say this to every person, that once you've been, you've been forgiven, you've been restored, and part of the transformation is this, that you hold on to this as the basis of your life from then, from then on. Are you with me? There's got to be a time that we say, this is going to be the, the way I live my life. Paul, Paul said to the Corinthians, he says, unless, of course, you believe something that was never true in the first place. He's asking that, he's, he's asking that question to them because he's saying, you need to be sure. Do some introspect. What do you believe? And so I would say to, to first service and those that are listening online, is your faith based on feeling or is it based on truth? Uh, I've got to be careful what I say, but I'm going to say it anyways. That's why I have... Hmm. Thank you, Charlie. I'm a full gospel follower of Jesus. I believe, the, I, I believe the full gospel. I believe the Holy Spirit's still doing things today than he did 
that he did in, in the first century church. I believe that. But I have a real problem because I've been walking with God a lot of years and I've seen how people are led by their feelings instead of being led by truth. And so if you, if you determine your life and your walk with Jesus on feeling the heebie-jeebies, I just felt God. What happens when you don't feel God? Whether I feel God or don't feel God, I believe God. I had, I had one of my kids say recently, if, if something was to happen to you, I don't know what would happen to me. Dad, if something was to happen to you, I don't know what would happen to me. That's a conversation to be had. Because if something happens to me, people got to move on. And the way that we move on and what we should be teaching everybody is that this is going to get you through. Because we don't have the apostles anymore. We don't have the, the, the first century prophets anymore. We don't, we don't have those anymore, but we still have God. We still have his word. He's still changing lives. He's still healing people. And sometimes he doesn't heal people, and that's okay. Because he's God. Are you with me? See, there's, there's subjective faith, and that's faith that you, that you put in, and it's, it's, it's how you determine it from your lens. And then there's objective faith, and objective faith is, 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 is testable. Subjective faith is not testable. So someone told me, you know, said I had a dream and I felt that this happened. Well, that's subjective. I, I can't test it. But I can test the word of God. I can test and, and see that his word is true. The book of wisdom, Proverbs chapter 30, verse 5 and 6 says this. Every word of God proves true. He is a shield to those who take refuge in him. Do not add to his words, lest he rebuke you and you found to be a liar. There's a difference between truth and deceit. And truth is found here and it's dependable. It's also testable. So it doesn't matter what anyone says, you are called. If you're a follower of Christ, you're called to test it through the word of God. People ask me this question. People ask questions. They ask me questions all the time, and, and, and their questions are usually push-button push button items. Like, they're, they're those questions that they're looking for a response. And you're going to find this more and more and more happen, especially if you're walking the, things of, walking the things of God out in your life. People are going to be asking you. So they ask me, Pastor, what do you think about this? What do you think about, you know, um, oh my goodness, I don't want to say it. 
I'm not going to say it. Just push by night. I'll say it next week. Come next week and I'll say it. <laughs> but they'll ask me questions, and, and, and I know it's, 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 it's really the, the devil trying to lure us in, and I'll say, doesn't matter what, 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 what I say. What I say is irrelevant. What does God say? And the only way you're going to know what God says is for you to open up this book. The only way that, that we, we find out that, that, uh, that, that, that you can walk in, in, in the foundation of, of truth is for you to be sanctified in the truth. Uh, Jesus praying to the Father in John 17, he says, sanctify them. He's talking about every believer. Sanctify them in the truth. And then he says, your word is truth. You need to know that the word of God is reliable. You need to know that the gospel is still good news. And you need to know that you will only find truth, 100% truth in Jesus. And if you have not found Jesus... I would love to invite you to do so today. The greatest choice you could ever make is to make Jesus the Lord of your life. He'll prove himself. Will you bow your heads? I'm going to lead, lead you in a prayer. And I'm convinced that, um, that there's someone in here that God has been speaking to your heart, maybe even answering some questions that you've had in the past. But you cannot walk out your full purposes until Jesus becomes your Lord and your Savior. And today's the day for you to do so. It's just a simple prayer. It's talking to God. It's just saying, God, I... I come to you today and I'm tired of trying to do life without you. Today I, I admit that um, I admit that I'm a sinner. You know that, Lord. You, you see my life. But I admit it. I, I, I also I believe that Jesus Christ is the answer. I believe that he went to the cross at Calvary and he died for all of my sins. I also believe that he rose from the dead on the third day, just like the Bible said he would. And so today I confess Jesus as my Lord. Just say that if that's you. Just say, I confess Jesus as my Lord. And I choose to follow him from this day forward. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Now, all heads bowed still. And if you're here today and you, 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 you prayed that prayer with me, and you mean it, and, and, and you want to just start your life out with God, I just want you to raise your hand and say, that's me. I'm going I'm to start my life out with God. Amen. I see your hand, bro. Praise God for that. Anyone else? You're just saying, Lord, I just want to, I want to follow Jesus. I want to say yes to him. Yeah, I see your hand. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Okay, everyone can look at me.
I, I believe that, that God speaks to our hearts like no one else can. His word does. And I just want to ask everyone that's listening to me, if you're watching online, I, I want you to, to hear me. I want you to consider how extraordinary it is that the God of the universe wants you. He wants a relationship with you. He doesn't want you to become religious. He wants a relationship with you. And I want you to look at how just the enormity of that, that you can walk with God. That's all he wants. That you can walk in truth. That you can have the assurance that no matter what you're facing, that, that, that God has your back. No matter what the economic status is in America, no matter what the, the moral status is in the world, America, that God has our back, amen? And that he's called you to be, to be salt. Salt of the earth. He's called you to be the light of the world. Without these lights, I'd be a pretty dark person. God made me that way. He didn't make me, you know, he made me dark physically, but then he put light inside of me through Jesus. And he illuminates that. But he wants that for every person that's sitting here. And so I want you to take that with you this week. I want you to take, take the enormity of, of a relationship with God Almighty and what that would look like in your life and, and how it would transform your life if you could walk with the God of the universe. It changed everything. And if it's true, it's everything. And if it's not, we're, the, we're fools. We'll talk about that next week. But we're not fools because we found the priceless one. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided.
great to see you guys this week. God bless you. Go in his love. And um, we have a sign-up table in the cafe for the next small group series. And it's going to be awesome. So make sure you sign up for that. God bless you guys.